Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Richard from Lifehouse in Hong Kong. And this month we've been talking about how we can move closer to God's voice, how we can actually hear from God, which is an amazing concept that the God of the universe who created all of this actually wants to speak to you and me personally. So what an exciting topic as we dive into today's theme. But why don't we pray over this message and this time here together, first of all. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that whenever, wherever your word goes, it brings life. You unlock things for us. And I pray that you would truly speak to us all today, that we'd grow, that we'd flourish, and that this would be just a powerful time of the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yay. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, this topic. Uh, a big question I've got for you guys today. How can I be decisive? And really, it's kind of the question is, how can I be decisive when I haven't really heard a specific instruction from God? Like, I haven't had this big God spoke to me kind of moment. I'm sure this has happened to you many times where life will throw a situation at you that you have not had time to pray about, you weren't prepared for, you don't have time to, to go take a time out and have a prayer meeting or talk to a pastor or someone you respect or you don't have a month where you can seek God about it, but you need to make a decisive decision just there. Or maybe there's been other times where uh, maybe you know a friend, I'm sure this isn't you, but maybe you know a friend who is ignoring a very uh, obvious decision because they say that they're just, I just haven't heard from God yet, or I'm waiting on the Lord. And so I, I can't move forward, even though you, it's kind of really procrastinating something that's very obvious and that, that God would be behind. And I think that kind of spiritual procrastination is pretty common uh, among a lot of Christians. And I don't think it really brings out the best of what God wants to do in our lives. In fact, there was a time where I procrastinated on a decision that I believed that God was in. And it was basically around uh, my wife. Uh, when, I was, when I was interested in my wife, first of all, um, she didn't know I liked her, but every time I saw her, my feelings were growing. Uh, as we were hanging out together and at church and serving together, um, I started getting more and more excited and thinking, wow, this, this, this woman is so special. And yet I was also the pastor of the church. I was a single pastor at the time and I'm praying to God, God, is this the woman for me? Is this the, the chosen one? Is she the one God? And I would be praying these prayers and, and months went past as I was praying these prayers. And over time, I just didn't hear anything clearly from God and I did not know what to do about it. And uh, maybe you found yourself in a situation like that with a big decision of maybe whether it's to take a job or move countries or, or ask that special girl out or something like that. If you're in a moment of indecision, then 
I believe that the story that we're going to look at right now is really going to help you to make a good, bold decision with a great godly outcome. And let's look at the story of David. Okay, we love David in the Bible. He's probably uh, one of my favorite Bible characters. But the story of David and Goliath, where he's fighting a giant, is my absolute favorite story in the whole Bible. Let's have a look at that story. And it begins with young David being sent to the battlefield to deliver cheese to his brothers who were in the army. Yes, you read that right. He was a cheese delivery boy for a day. Normally a shepherd, but today he's doing Uber Eats and he's delivering cheese to the boys on the battlefield. So let's go to 1 Samuel 17 verse 20. And by the way, he had no idea what was going to happen this day. He was not prepared for this moment. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and he set out early the next morning with the gifts of cheese, as Jesse had directed him. That's his dad. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. So he arrives to this army, the Israelite army. He's, he sees his brothers and he hears about this Philistine champion, this huge warrior, which uh, we, we don't know exactly how tall he was, but he was at least, they say at least six foot nine and possibly as tall as nine foot nine or something around there. He was a massive guy. And uh, so he, David starts hearing these stories of this Philistine champion who would come out every day and challenge the Israelites. In, in verse 23, it says, as David was talking with them, his brothers and the other soldiers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Because what happened was every day, Goliath would come out and basically insult the Israelites, insult the Israelites' God, and basically challenge them to a fight. But everyone was freaking out. Everyone was afraid. No one wanted to fight this guy. I mean, clearly, like he's huge. He's a giant. And David is listening to all this. He's seeing their reaction and he's hearing Goliath insult the Israelites and insult their God. And this is not sitting right for him. But there's one other important detail in this story. Verse 25. So have you seen the giant? The men ask David. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife and the man's entire family, right? All your relatives, your family was big back those in those days, will be exempted from paying taxes. Oh, it's a single man's dream. Not only can I find uh, my wife, but I can also have myself and my whole family exempt from paying tax. For the rest of our life, come on, let's be honest, no one enjoys paying their tax bill. We do it, we do it, it's the right thing to do, but hey, if you could be free from it, I'm sure you would say yes to that. So David kind of can't believe it. Wow, you know, not only do I, do I dislike what this guy's saying, but there's a reward if we kill him. Interesting. Verse 26, David asked the soldier standing nearby, hey, what will the man get? for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? 
that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. And this is really interesting. He asks two questions. Basically, what will I get? And who can defy God? The first question is kind of, it's really a selfish selfish, selfish question. <laughs> Let me say that right. It was about him. What can I get? It was about his reward. It wasn't, it wasn't this great motive to help all the people. It was about his own life personally. But after that kicks in the next question, which was really about how can anyone dishonor God? And I will not sit by and let someone dishonor my God who I love. And he's got this kingdom heart. You see this bigger heart come from here. This was not a selfish thing. This was a God thing. This was a, uh, about his nation as well. And his brothers did not like this, uh, what they thought was arrogance coming from their, their young brother. And in verse uh, 29, verse 30, David, you know, he's kind of like backing off from them because they start slamming him, right? As older brothers do, they start slamming him for his arrogance. And he says, what have I done now? David replied, I was only asking a question. And then he walks over to some others and he asked them the same thing and he received the same answer. So once again, he's really, he's really thinking about it now. If I kill this guy, not only do I get a wife, uh, but I also get free from taxes and I also get to kill this guy who's dishonoring our God. We know that the rest of the story continues. A lot of great things happen. David goes on to fight Goliath. He courageously runs at him. Uh, he, he defeats him. He kills him. He chops off his head with his own sword. And David becomes the champion of Israel that day. The Israelite army rises up and they destroy the Philistines. It's one of the most incredible battle stories in the whole Bible. And I would say one of the most incredible stories in human history. All because a young man made quick decisive but very godly decisions that led to a great outcome and i think there's a lot we can learn from this part of the story a few things that i noticed as i read through and studied these scriptures firstly at no point in this story does it mention that god spoke to david about what to do isn't that interesting many times uh, many other parts of scripture God's, God speaks to a Bible hero and says, yes, I'll be with you, go and attack, or some kind of instruction like this. Well, in this story, there is no evidence of that. And while we don't know exactly what God did say to, to David, of course, God could have said something and it wasn't written down in Scripture, but we can't see any evidence of God speaking and giving clear instruction on what David should do. Yet David made bold decisions. Another thing is that David had no time to go out and process this with God. He didn't go and, you know, pray on a mountain for an hour or anything like this. He had to make fast decisions. And a, a third thing that I, that I feel is that he had, it, it was really a life and death situation. It was high risk. There was also a high reward possibility for this. And he needed to make a fast decision. Why could David move so quickly? Why could he move so decisively? Was he just a young person being reckless? I've certainly made many bad decisions quickly in my youth and in my recklessness. But we know that the outcome of this was so good, right? This was totally a God 
uh, story. A God, there were many God decisions in this story, yet how did he have the kind of, kind of confidence to make the right move? So we're going to look uh, into a few things that we need to understand about David, and I believe we can learn from this as well, so that even when we haven't had the clear instruction from God, actually we find he's talking to us all the time, and he's going to help you make great decisive decisions in your life. So the first thing that I notice about David is that his heart was in tune with God's heart. David actually wrote this Psalm, Psalm 37 verse 4. He said, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. That's David speaking. He's saying, I am delighting in the Lord. I love God. And as I love spending time with him and growing close to him, he's actually giving me my heart's desires. There's a lining up of our hearts. Our hearts are in tune with each other. And the Bible actually talks about that, right? In, in Ezekiel, it talks about us, uh, God removing our heart of stone and, and giving us a heart of flesh. And that's something that we talk about a lot when we baptize people is we've been made a new creation. You're a new creation. You've got a new heart. God's giving you new desires. Yes, your old heart of flesh had desires to do the wrong thing, but God's new heart, as He renews you, is it leads to desires that are actually godly. And at my house, in my living room, we have a cheap electric keyboard that I bought for my kids. And there's a setting you can put it on where any note that you play will play a full chord and the full chord will be the will be the perfect chord for that scale. So whether it's an, a major chord or a minor chord, and what it basically means is even a kid who doesn't know how to play music can come along and press a C and it will beautifully play a C major chord and then it will play the other chords in the scale. So whatever my kids press, it's gonna sound good. It's gonna sound like it's a song. And that's actually what happens as we spend more time with Jesus, our hearts are being aligned with His. And even the decisions that we're making, He may not be instructing every single decision, but our hearts are aligned and it just works because His heart is becoming, uh, or our heart is becoming His heart. And back to my story about me and my wife. You see, when I was wrestling with this decision of should I ask her out for a coffee but but God I haven't heard from you yet I had a moment where I talked to Pastor Rod and in, in his wisdom um, he gave me some great advice he didn't tell me what to do but he certainly helped me uh, unlock some things that helped me to make a decision and he I basically said to him Pastor Rod I really like this girl but I haven't heard from God yet and he said to me well Maybe God won't choose your wife for you. Because what kind of a father chooses the, the wife of their son? You choose, Richard. What do you want? And I said, I want Janice. And the very next day, I asked her out to a coffee and the rest is history. We've been married for over eight years, have four beautiful kids, and I'm living my dream, dream life. I still have to pay taxes, unlike David, but I'm living the dream and I'm, I'm so grateful for that thinking uh, that, you know, that advice that Pastor Rod gave me because I was stuck in some procrastination, really. I was waiting to hear from God on something that maybe he wasn't going to give me a direct instruction about. But instead, 
God was going, good choice, Richard. <laughs> you know, as I, as, as I made a decision out of my own desires, but it was a good desire. It was a desire that I believe God was totally approving on. And I think if you're journaling, if you're speaking to God regularly, simple prayer, you've got that kind of communication with him, you're loving Jesus, you're in your church worshiping, your heart is actually going to lead you towards making good desires. And although God may not instruct you on every little thing, you may wake up in the morning and see your toast and he may not tell you, you need peanut butter on that toast. Or he may not tell you, you need jam on that toast. He'll let you make a decision because your heart is aligned with him. And I, well, that's what we see from the life of David. And so David, his heart was aligned with God and he was making great decisions. But obviously, we can't just make decisions just based off of our own desires. That would be a little bit problematic. The Bible does also say that sometimes our heart can be a bit deceitful. So we need to measure up our heart against something that has authority. And that's the second point, is that David loved God's Word. He was always in God's Word. Psalm 1 verse 2 to 3, it says, this is David writing again, they delight, he, he delights in the law of the Lord. That's David meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. G, uh, David loved journaling so much, he was doing it day and night, all right? That's pretty awesome. He wanted to hear from God. He was getting God's word, constantly filling himself up with scripture and using this to transform himself. God was, was speaking to him through scripture every day. And God's voice will never contradict his word. And there's so much clear instruction in the Bible that sometimes God is not going to tell us, give us guidance on something because he's already said it clearly in his word. And there was definitely a season of time in my life before I had built the habit of journaling where I was always praying to God for guidance. And if you don't know what journaling is, journaling is just spending a few minutes each day reading scripture and asking for God to speak to you personally and applying it to your life and writing it down. But there was a time where I didn't have that habit. And so I'd be praying to God, God, what is, what is your calling for my life? What kind of decision should I make? And it was interesting that God often didn't speak very clearly to me in those moments, which kind of felt like he was a bit silent, but he wasn't silent. He was speaking through his word. I just wasn't picking it up. God's given you his word. Hopefully it's in your back pocket. It's in your iPhone. It's, it's the Bible. It's so easy to get to scripture. And I want to encourage you, build the habit of journaling just like David did. So you're hearing from God every day. And then when you come up against situations that need some uh, decisive decisions, you're going to be full of God's word. You're going to know his word. He's going to be speaking through his word and you can move confidently ahead because you know that God's word leads to life. Build the habit of journaling and you're going to make great decisions just like David. The last thing that I know about David is that he relied on the Holy Spirit's power. And this is really that supernatural edge we as Christians are so, uh, I'm so grateful to have in my life that the Holy Spirit can speak to me uh, about the decisions that are ahead of me and the things that I'm facing. In 1 Samuel 16 verse 13, we actually see when the Holy Spirit 
first came upon David in a very powerful way when he was anointed to be king. It says, So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil uh, he had brought, and he anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And many times through Scripture when we read about David, it says that he succeeded because the Lord was with him. The Holy Spirit, Christian, the Holy Spirit is with you. He is in you. The Bible says if if we've put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we have been marked with the Holy Spirit and, and He is active in your life. If you will lean on Him, if you rely on Him, if you expect Him to move as you make decisions, then I believe you're going to see great outcomes. It's a supernatural kind of life. And for us as Christians, this is the edge we have on the world. <laughs> Who, who don't know Jesus, who don't have the Holy Spirit. We have a supernatural God who's in us and can help us to make moves forward. He's not a passive God. He's not an indecisive Holy Spirit. He, he's a bold God. He's a courageous God. And David, man, when we look at his heart and we, we see how he made these incredibly courageous decisions, we can see the Holy Spirit flow happening in his life and so in in summary when you have a heart that's in tune with God you're communicating with him all the time when you have a mind and heart that's full of scripture and and journaling and God's word and what he's spoken to you and where you have the Holy Spirit alive and active in your heart God is speaking to you in so many different ways that you don't need a specific clear instruction in those moments although sometimes God may speak that way but you just need to make a decision according to what God is doing in your own heart and I believe you're going to make some great decisions and you're going to be able to make some fast decisions not not rushed but I mean taking advantage of great opportunities that God's God brings you and and avoiding danger and making great decisions for yourself and your family and I've certainly found that in my own life um I'm still, I still pray for guidance, of course. I still seek the Lord, but there's also times when I can move quite quickly because I just know God's in it. I'm believing for those times for you too. So why don't we pray as we, uh, as we ask God to move in our lives. Jesus, we thank you that we don't have to be frozen by fear or uh, held back or, 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 or not able to make a decision because Um, we're afraid or or worried about what may happen Lord but we want to submit to you and we we want to we want to lean into you we want to lean into our relationship with you into scripture and into the Holy Spirit who's moving in our life and I pray for those people out there who maybe have been procrastinating or or delaying a decision I pray that they right now that you would give them a peace and a confidence about it through the Holy Spirit and that they would make a great bold, decisive mood, move that will lead to an incredible outcome in their life, a godly outcome, a kingdom outcome, a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Well, I also want to pray for one other group that we have here today, and maybe you're not a Christian yet, or maybe you, you've been following Jesus uh, for a season and you've walked away from him and you need to come back. Well, now's your time 
where you can say yes to Jesus and align your life with him right now. He loves you. He died on the cross and rose again for you. He's a supernatural God and he wants to forgive you of your sin and give you a ticket to heaven when you die. That's what we all get. That's by his grace, not by our own goodness, but by his grace. And if you want that right now, why don't you pray this prayer that we put out on the screen or you can repeat it with me. So here we go. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Guys, I'm so I'm so excited for that decision that you've just made. It's life changing and I really want to encourage you. Tell someone about the decision you've made, whether that's a friend or a leader. I believe that's going to really help you go to your next step uh, with Jesus. God bless and have an amazing week. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.